Hello listeners. Welcome to season 2 of the Masters Decoder podcast. I am Anish Merchant, the chief decoder. I want to thank you for the overwhelming response to season 1. Your feedback and encouragement led me to bring you season 2 of the Masters Decoder. The season will tap into how technology, artificial intelligence and other socio-economic factors have impacted my guest careers or passions. My next guest on today's podcast is Jesse Iwuji. Jesse currently serves the US Navy as a surface warfare officer and he also professionally competes in NASCAR as a driver. Last year Jesse started his own company in e-racing to capitalize on the growing interest in esports. Jesse is multifaceted and works with NBC Sports as an analyst covering NASCAR sports. Wow. So without much further ado, let me bring on Jesse. Hi Jesse, welcome to Masters Decoded podcast series. Uh, really glad to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Great, and your profile is pretty interesting and I was uh, looking forward to this conversation. And you have a dual role today which you're playing or actually a triple role or you know multiple roles and multiple facets. Uh you do professional racing as well as uh you are serving in the uh in the navy so you know there are two critical roles which you have and you are also a co-founder of an e-racing association which i would like to double click but let's talk about the first two key roles uh one side is racing and the other side is serving in the navy how do you balance the both and how do you manage both yeah uh, it's definitely an interesting balance um you know i've i've been I've been in the Navy since 2010. Um prior to becoming a surface warfare officer, I was uh, at the Naval Academy. I actually got recruited out of high school in Dallas, Texas to go to the Naval Academy, play football there, um and go to school. Uh, I graduated in 2010 and became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. So for those listening, um surface warfare officers what we do were we pretty much drive the ships. So mm-hmm. I was on two different ships for my first four years in the Navy and then uh when I um when I transitioned from the ships to shore duty I transitioned to Monterey, California and I I got to Monterey in about 2015 where I was on shore and I wasn't on the ships anymore I wasn't deploying anymore and while on shore I had this crazy idea that I should become a race car driver while still okay. serving in the Navy and and that's okay. what uh, got me into going that route now hmm. um uh, at the time I was trying to figure out how to balance it all you know I still was active duty in the Navy I was still doing my navy job during the week but I had the weekends off so I used mm-hmm. the weekends to to really get this journey launched and I started basically I would fly out to different race tracks Friday night um race on Saturday fly home Sunday go back to work for the navy on Monday and I was balancing that every single week where basically I didn't have a lot of off time at all even when I got home from my navy job um I I was always having to train on my racing simulator I was contacting different potential sponsors to look for sponsorship I was doing interviews I was doing this and I was doing so much and trying to balance wow. it all but um in, in any kind of journey you're going on in life uh, it's not going to be easy at all you're going to have to figure out how to manage your time how to balance a lot of things at once but it's all part of the journey and it only makes you stronger That's impressive and you've been at it for many many years now I know last year would have been a little different uh but both these aspects whether it's the navy or the sports the nascar specifically i've seen the race not in live but on tv they has certain level of adrenaline rush 
if you're sitting in a car or if you're driving a big warship how do you balance that because you know there is that tipping point which can take you off that edge how do you still be on the edge and that's something which is intriguing to me as a racer as well as somebody who's in the navy how do you balance that edge yeah the the edge is uh that's the tough part <clears throat> that's what um i guess separates the the good from the great you know mm-hmm. uh, the normal from the good you know and yep. um you know finding that balance it takes time you know because you're always having to figure out okay how do i um how do i perform at the highest level possible in everything i'm doing but not overdo it to where you know you get burnt out or you're making mistakes or you know doing this and that so it takes time and understanding you know you, you definitely have to push yourself that's for sure mm-hmm. um as you're pushing yourself you just got to find that line and when you do find it maybe you'll go over it maybe you'll go over it okay. at first maybe you'll go over it quite a few times but then eventually you find a way to kind of tame back and find a way to balance it where you can be on all these different sides and just kind of toting that line you know constantly but that's what it takes to to be really really good at what you do and to be good at a lot of things especially at once and talking about a lot of good things uh the e racing association uh is it all about video gaming and talk a little bit about that that's pretty interesting yeah so e racing association it is all gaming it's all virtual it's all people basically uh using gaming to race against each other around the world without having to really actually be anywhere physically um you can be at home and race against people and the platform uh the software we used at first to get this thing going was i racing so i racing okay. has a great racing uh platform where you can simulate racing on there and and race against your friends or anybody else in the world yep. at any given time uh on on the on the platform so we use that to host the tournaments but well, we are going to branch out a little bit and have more we're going to branch out and have a gran turismo part of it we're even going to have mario wow. kart and a lot of people wow. have played mario kart you know even if you yes. haven't done i racing which is intense <laughs> you know maybe you played playstation and done Mar- and done a uh, uh, gran turismo but uh mm-hmm. if you haven't even played playstation and done gran turismo well i I'm for sure pretty much everybody has played mario kart <laughs> oh definitely everybody has played the mario kart i have played um yeah. i do compete with my son on forza i have an xbox and i suck at it my son is pretty good at it <laughs> so i'm sure he'll be happy to hear that you know there are these platforms which he can but how did that idea came about about e racing and e gaming is pretty becoming it's becoming big mm-hmm. across the world there yeah. are competitions for first party shooters or strategy games and many more but how did that mm-hmm. idea come about to you yeah so um the idea really came about last year um you know as we we're going through the pandemic as everything was kicking off um we weren't sure how real sports were going to be affected for the future but what we did find out was something that everyone could do no matter what pandemic was going on um at least at home what one could do was uh you know uh gaming right esports mm-hmm. was growing a lot yep. so with the esports world growing a lot we figured hey let's start our own uh gaming tournaments where people at home can play against each other but since I'm a race car driver obviously I want to gear towards more the um uh more of the racing side of things racing. for gaming but we uh we started it that's what we wanted to do we wanted to figure out a way to put on tournaments where people can win cash prizes we wanted it to be something where even if you're not a professional <clears throat> race car driver racing in real life on TV you know getting all that broadcast time getting you know paid all that stuff even if you can't become that at least from home you have a chance to race against people broadcast it online streams and at the same time you get a chance to win cash money and we've given mm-hmm. out so far uh so far we've had 
two big events. Our next one is actually coming up here soon. But in the two big events, we've given away $15,000 cash wow. um, to, to people who have been finishing in the top three, top five of the events. So, uh, you know, people are actually winning money. I mean, this is life-changing stuff. You know, there's people who have walked away with 7000 you know, $4,000, $2,000 checks, you know, and, and this, that, that can pay some bills for some people. So uh, we're just giving people the opportunity to compete each year in multiple events, win money, uh, be able to use it for whatever they want. And from, you know, from there, eventually, you know, maybe we'll get even more people to compete, more people to come watch, uh, more people who are watching to eventually start competing because they want to win the money too. We just want to give people a chance to feel like a pro. Yeah, and the gaming world is becoming more sophisticated with more hardware and software and becoming intersected so much now with the mixed reality conversations where, you know, you can actually immerse yourself so much. And the games, the quality of the games are also becoming pretty good today, uh, you know. And, uh, yeah, I can just imagine how this platform will scale up. So what are the big plans apart from the tournament which is coming up on e-racing? What other things which are being wrapped around on this platform itself? Yeah, so upcoming uh, tournaments, basically what we try to do is for um, the i-racing tournaments that we do within our e-racing association, uh, we usually try to do those uh, once a quarter. That's kind of the aim right there. So <clears throat> so far, we've had one big event this year. We had one at the end of last year. Uh, we have a, another big one coming up here soon. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the next one after that will be in September. And then we'll have another one in December to close out the year. And on the Gran Turismo side of it, we're just getting that launched. Uh, we're nice. hoping to have our first event for that one this summer. Uh, I don't know exactly what month, exactly what time we're going to do it, but we're in the in the middle of working out details on how we're going to broadcast it, how we're going to set it up, what vehicles we're going to use, what's going to be the prize money. We want people to actually win money. So we're getting all that stuff set up. And then on Mario Kart, we're going to get that going. Like Mario Kart will happen this year. Hopefully at least one or two events uh, from Mario Kart. Same thing with um, Gran Turismo. We're aiming to have at least two more events um, uh, throughout the rest of this year. But if we can get both of those going, it's going to really, really bring this whole thing to full circle where people on entry level can run Mario Kart tournaments. And then when they step it up to the bigger leagues, they can get to Gran Turismo. And then when they really want to step it up and really feel like a pro on a true, mm-hmm. true simulation software platform, they can move up to the iRacing ones and, and win even bigger money. So we'll have step ups like that. And it'll, it'll be a really fun time for a lot of people. And we'll just have different levels where anyone can come in for fun and do it from anywhere in the world. Do it from your house. Mario Kart, grab a Nintendo Switch. You can be, you know, sitting, I don't know, waiting on a, uh, <laughs> waiting somewhere, you know, for, yep. for pizza. For uh, coffee. Yeah. yeah, for coffee or whatever you're waiting on. And you can have your Switch and be playing in a tournament. So uh, we're just trying to make it fun for everybody. Give everyone the opportunity to compete for cash prizes and money. Um, and at the end of the day, even if you don't win, at least you're just having fun competing against other competitors who are all yeah. really good. Sign me up for Mario Kart. I'm definitely playing playing that up uh, for <laughs> sure. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, the other side of your career, which is serving in the Navy, uh, it will that entire process. Uh, you know, people who are civilians like us have seen the different videos and can y'all go through a lot from a training from racking up those ranks and ensuring that not only your safety but your the people around you are safe and you know there are a lot of deployments which happen uh you know i know there will be a lot of private and confidential stuff which you cannot reveal uh, but would like to touch upon either one of the deployments which have been memorable for you which have probably etched you and 
defined you who you are to yeah, um, yeah, I've been on two different deployments um, in my career, uh, or two long deployments, longer deployments mm-hmm. <laughs> in my career. I had a ten-month deployment to the Arabian Gulf. I had a five-month deployment. Um, during a ten-month one, I was—I would say—I <clears throat> I learned a lot on both deployments, but that first one really taught me a ton because that was like the first time I was completely away from the United States of America for a very long period of time. You know, prior wow. to that, I had been other places. I'd, you know, I'd been to Spain. I had been to. Uh, Nigeria, I've been to, you know, some other spots, but and never for, you know, 10 months. <laughs> so wow. it was a very long time to be away. So I learned a lot. I learned how to, one, you know, be a bit more independent, uh, learned uh, how to manage all the stuff I had going on in life while being away, uh, learned how to survive out there, you know, uh, not saying that mm-hmm. we were in bad conditions or anything. We weren't, but, um, you know, still it's, it's different place, different different culture, different everything. I mean, it's a completely different world out there. So um, learned a lot and I had fun doing it. Um, And then also too, you know, during that time, I was working on all my different qualifications as an officer, as a surface worker officer. So while working on those qualifications, I taught myself a lot of different ways to study, different study tactics, how to retain a lot of information, how to apply it, how to not only retain it, but just apply it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and all that that I learned during that time allowed me to, I, I was able to transition some of that knowledge, some of those tactics, some of that, so those skill sets to what I'm doing now in life, you know, racing and NASCAR. So, um, it's all been super helpful, but learned a lot and uh, I'm better now because of it. That's good to hear. Uh, talking a, a little bit about your profession and I, something which definitely intrigued me is that you are also an NBC analyst for sports. And being an analyst requires you to crunch data, to analyze games and understand different players, understand different things which allow them to perform better. So how do you get into that zone? Because, you know, that the three avatars which are there, which is racing, being a Navy officer and and doing being a co-founder and then being an analyst. There are four different avatars. How do you get into this avatar of being an analyst and crunching data and looking a lot of other aspects? Yeah, it was uh, definitely um, a nice blessing to be able to have the opportunity to do it with NBC Sports. You know, I had never really done it before this. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, we had some great connections through our network at NBC Sports, and they gave me the opportunity just because they knew I had personality. They knew I had a background in military, a background in racing, a background in a lot of different things where I could authentically um, relate to different things that were happening at the track. And I can use some of my past background experiences to make connections with some of the fans and the viewers who are watching these broadcasts. You know, a lot of a lot of viewers who watch NASCAR um, are very patriotic. Maybe they have mm-hmm. military ties. Um, yep. And so I, so I use some of my military experiences to tie it with things on the track, just to relate a little bit more with the crowd, relate a little bit more with our fans. And, and, and just give them a different perspective from someone who maybe didn't come from the broadcast world. I didn't come really from the racing world. I started racing yep. only five, six years ago. So all these different views that I was able to come in with, it was just something different, um, you know, new light for everyone. And, and I had fun doing it, learned a lot and, um, you know, ended up turning out pretty decent. That's great. And I hope you continue doing that because that also would be keeping you entertained as we move along. But, you know, Looking at your career where you have four different roles, let's say if somebody has to do the same thing, like maybe same professions or different professions, what would be your advice to them? How do they manage these four different personas of themselves? Yeah, when you're trying to manage a whole bunch of different big things at once, 
Um, you really got to plan out your days well. You have to map them out and understand, okay, each day um, you got to maximize, you know, 17, 18 hours of that day. Of that day. You know, I usually huh. sleep for about six to seven hours each day. If I if I get seven, that's a that's a nice day. <laughs> but um, uh, usually around six or so hours of sleep. But the other eighteen hours of the day, you gotta you have to really really focus on um, you know, uh, uh, mapping out the day prior to that, so you understand. Okay, going into this day, this is what I need to get done. These are all because you're not gonna uh-huh. get everything done. There's always gonna be work. There's always gonna be more stuff to do. You're not gonna get into one day and be okay. We'll do all these things. And I'm not gonna have anything else left to do. No, you're always going to have more stuff to do. If, if, if business and everything is going well, you're going to always have more to do. So just map out your days, write everything down, say, okay, hey, um, and during this time block, I'm doing this. During this time block, I'm doing this. During this time block, I'm doing this. Make sure there's time in the day um, for you too. Make sure there's time where you can you know, eat. Make sure there's time for you to um, physical fitness, You know, be able to work out, run, whatever you got to do. Make sure there's time for you to um, also better yourself at whatever your craft is. Make sure there's like a training time. You know, all this stuff, make sure you manage your day. In a, to manage your day in the right way, you have to map it out early. Once you map it out in a way where you can stay consistent with it, then that's going to help. Uh-huh. Because if you just map it out in a way that's not going to be very consistent, then you're, not, it's not, you're just not going to last. But if you can map it out in a way where you will always be consistent with it and it's something you can actually stay true to all the time, it's going to help you out a lot. It's going to help you get closer to your whatever success you're looking for. That's a great tip. Um, probably some learnings for me as well, personally. Uh, but building on this further, do you have somebody whom you look up to as a mentor or a coach uh, through your NASCAR? I'm sure there will be a coach who will be coaching you today. But is there a life mentor whom you look up to? Um, you know, there's a lot of people that I've learned a lot of things from, um, especially some motivational speakers like Les Brown and mm-hmm. um, Eric Thomas. Uh, both of them really great motivational speakers and have a lot of great life experiences. <clears throat> but a lot of their different philosophies on how to approach goals in life and just how to approach life in general, I learned a lot from them. And from what I learned from them is kind of why I am the way I am now. Um, I think I had a lot of that stuff already in me. It was just listening to them multiple times is what helped me completely understand and realize that it was already in me and I can execute and, and do all the different things that they mentioned. Interesting. And how does family, friend, and the largest circle of influence support what you're doing and how are they been enabling you as you move through this journey? Yeah, family, friends is always very important, uh, especially to have their support. Um, you know, by having their support, uh, you know, they, not like they actually have to do anything. Most of the time, it's just more of just, they just need to not get in the way. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing. I think with anyone who has any big goals in life, you know, your family and friends, they just need to be the positive light um, for you. Just the, all they need to do is give you positivity, continue to encourage you, continue to be, you know, the person that, that, that you can vent to if you're having a bad day, all that stuff. That's all they need to do. Um, hmm. You know, just uh, the biggest thing is sometimes, sometimes you'll see some family, some friends, you know, out there who, you know, their loved one is trying to go after whatever big goal and maybe they're having a hard time and family steps in, tries to keep them from doing it. It's like, don't get in their way, you know, just support yep. them, just be there and and be positive for them. And that's all they need. Like, let them do their thing. They'll learn, you know, good things will happen, bad things will happen, but it's all part of the process. So taking, uh, talking about family and rewinding a little bit, uh, you're not originally from US, as I understand. You Your parents migrated from Nigeria. And uh, I've done a little bit of research on you. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you look at your childhood, 
Did you ever think that you would be doing this, what you're doing today? Was there a different plan in your mind? Like how, how was the childhood shaped where you are today? During my childhood, I had no clue that I'd be racing in NASCAR or being in the Navy or any, any of that. Um, while growing up, maybe when I got to middle school, I was thinking about college. At some point, I was thinking, okay, I'll play college football. I was thinking about that, but I had no clue that I would ever get to this point, you know, racing in NASCAR. So, um, via that, that dream of racing, that didn't really come until probably sometime around 2013 or 14 is when I really started wow. thinking about it. Um, yeah, prior to that, I had never thought about it. Now, I was always into cars. I liked cars. I thought they're cool. I thought I liked racing. I thought it was cool, but I just never had the thought of being a driver. Um, that that just didn't cross my mind. I I didn't feel like it was something I was going to be able to do ever. Um, it just I didn't think. And then all of a sudden one day it clicked. And I was like, I think I can do this. I don't know why, but I feel like I can do this, and I need to go do this. And I went and did it. <laughs> Interesting. No, uh, Jesse, I think this conversation has been amazing. I know you are super busy with all multiple schedules. Uh, this has been a far enriching conversation today. And uh, hearing you just motivates, I'm sure, my listeners, including me, to think about not having one, but having multiple professions to you know, move life forward. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, this has been great. And I uh, really uh, you know, have a, had a pleasure to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. And yeah, hopefully some of the listeners uh, got some good information from it. And you know, for those out there going after big goals and dreams, understand it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. You have to have faith throughout the whole time. And uh, you have to understand that life will reward those who stay strong enough, long enough. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for that uh, great parting thought. All right, sir. You take care, stay safe, and be healthy. All right, you too. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening in. And we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please, you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners. And the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations. That are a joy to have for me. And I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.